0: You're listening to the Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Today, we have a really exciting guest. He was actually a former coworker of mine, Mattia Brown. Mattia was my trainer in my past engineering role. And kind of out of a passing conversation, we realized that we had both been homeschooled. So, Mattia, thanks for joining us. It's really good to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike. I am excited for this conversation.
0: I am too. I am too. You always have really good thoughts. And I saw that a lot from our time working together. Very thoughtful, very intuitive, and always able to explain your ideas in a way that I could understand them being trained by you. So, looking forward to it. Why don't you take the listeners through your general educational path? Give us the context and what was your homeschooling journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and I had what I would describe as a hybrid homeschooling experience. I had kindergarten and first grade homeschooled, and then I went to public schools for second through fourth, one school for second and another school for third and fourth due to my family moving to a new neighborhood. Then I was homeschooled for fifth through 10th grades. And in 11th grade, I switched to a performing arts magnet school called Denver School of the Arts. While Denver Public Schools, uh, you know, sponsored this school, they did not recognize any homeschool credits and there wasn't a test out option provided. So I was not eligible to graduate with a standard diploma. Halfway through 12th grade, I stopped attending. So essentially kind of dropped out, but I didn't feel like it was a huge loss because they weren't going to let me graduate anyway. I ended up getting my GED in May. During my time at Denver School of the Arts though, I felt like I had a lot of freedom from the burden of district requirements because I wasn't gonna be able to graduate anyway. I took physics and language and music and a variety of other classes that sparked my interest. And I didn't, kind of interesting, given my background now as an engineer and now my current role as an engineering manager, I didn't really like school at any point during my primary education or college, regardless of homeschool versus the public options that I experienced. And I viewed education as a necessary evil the entire way through. So right now, I actually ended up taking several years between getting my GED and starting college, eight years to be precise. And in the meantime, you know, during those years, I got married and had children and focused my energy on my young family. I worked part-time as a nanny, which was a job that I could do and not leave my own kids. And also, though, I didn't really know what I wanted to study. I was nervous to begin since I didn't particularly like school. So my motivation to go back to college was driven by this realization that I wouldn't be able to have the kind of life that I wanted without a stable schedule, stable paycheck benefits. That's really the necessary evil part of it.
0: Interesting, yeah, because you went from... You had this homeschool experience, you took eight years off, you ended up graduating in mechanical materials engineering. And since we've spoken, I know you've been involved in three different industries, done field analysis and metallurgy. Am I saying that right? Metallurgy? Metallurgy,
1: yeah. Metallurgy,
0: yeah. And then construction, and then we met in semiconductor facilities at Intel. And so that choice has really developed into quite a, a strong career for you.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my dislike and distaste for the educational experience is completely unrelated to my level of passion for what I actually do day to day. I love having knowledge. I just didn't like the structured learning environment, which is funny. I mean, in my job roles, I enjoy structured learning, but I feel like it's more my choice and it's in smaller increments, little bite-sized pieces that I can tolerate a lot better.
0: Okay, Interesting. Well, let's back up a little bit. Let's go back to those those years where you were homeschooling. You homeschooled for quite a few. You did kind of have a mixed experience there. Do you know what informed or drove your parents to decide to homeschool?
1: Well, I think fundamentally it is the right and privilege of parents to impart their values to their kids, right? And I think part of it was driven by a desire to have to have that time and to really allow our educational experience to be values-driven, I say ours because I, I also have an older brother who was homeschooled in a hybrid environment, and he had different years and different experiences in public school. But but I think that was that was part of it. The other part is, you know, my mother is a very intelligent woman and an excellent teacher, and I think that. Part of the decision was that she could provide me a better academic background than the public school system.
0: Okay. How did that feel as a child? Did you feel like you were missing out on things? Like, did you feel different and weird?
1: Not at the time. Not at the time at all. In retrospect, though, there's this effect of sheltering from the rest of my peer group that I'm now aware of. And Mm. it isn't something you can compensate for. You simply can't. It's a different environment. Many parents make that choice to homeschool specifically to have their kids in a more sheltered and controllable environment, whether it's for reasons of educational philosophy or a desire for faith-based programs or what have you. But I think it's a defining feature of homeschooling, that sheltering. And there's many ways in which that's something you just have to compensate for once you're out into the real world.
0: You and I have spoken about this. As much as you try and get your kids out there and get them into the world, if you're homeschooling, You simply don't have the same level of exposure, for better or for worse, right? There's a lot of things in the public system that are, you know, you wouldn't want your kids exposed to that. And at the same time, you learn to develop a tolerance of other people's views and values. And learning that when you're young can help when you're older, because I've had to learn that as I'm older and engaging with more people from diverse backgrounds. You do have to tolerate different value systems more than I ever had to in homeschool.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you get better at arguing, too. Arguing for your viewpoint, for your you know, when you're sure. in kind of a self-limiting environment, you're around people who fundamentally believe similar things to you anyway. And so you just don't get as much of that, what I would call natural pushback that forces you to examine your beliefs and refine your arguments.
0: And, and reconsider. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I haven't looked at this from this angle before. I need to reconsider my values. That doesn't happen quite as much in homeschool because it's such a concentrated value system. Your exposure is what your family believes for the most part. Yeah, you know, it's hard to explain. Yeah,
1: your parents drive a lot of your ability to get that perspective too, right? Like mm-hmm. schooling isn't one thing. Homeschooling is a category of things, right? So- You might have one homeschool family who is heavily involved in extracurriculars and homeschooling groups or homeschooling collectives and another family who homeschools with their immediate community only. So, you know, I think that there's just more built-in opportunity of public school, I would say.
0: So my next question would be, it's a two-pronged question. What were the things that you really loved about homeschool and are there things that you wish were different about your homeschooling experience?
1: Well, I'm going to go with the things that that I wish were different first, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, Honestly, I feel like the religious focus was something that I just didn't like. I rebelled against that in a lot of ways. It's a tough thing to talk about, again, because it is the right and privilege of a parent to impart their values to their kids, right? I want to impart my values to my kids. And I don't fault my parents for anything about my upbringing in that regard. But homeschooling increased the ways in which my parents' belief system was woven into my life, which made it an ever present focus in ways that I resented heavily at the time. In a public school environment, the child has more control over how much they talk about faith and over what aspects of their home life they emphasize. I think there's more freedom to individuate in the setting away from home. So, Um, that's the the criticism I would have. But it's funny because it's not necessarily a criticism. It's not that I wish my parents had done differently. It's just something that as I look back, it's a common theme that I was really resentful of. And then in terms of the things that I liked, there's a lot that I really liked about being homeschooled. I loved the flexibility that we've covered quite thoroughly. I did not like school. And I had the ability to accomplish all of my schoolwork in fewer hours. So, you know, most days it was two or three hours of schoolwork. And then I was free, which was a win for someone who doesn't enjoy school.
0: You know, for listeners, the listeners don't know you like I know you. I am shocked you did not enjoy school. I I feel like learning and digging into things, you always dove so deep into problems that we would have and issues that I'm just shocked that you didn't enjoy school, which I think kind of speaks to the ways that we learn. Uh, oh yeah. You know, you learn maybe the the method that you learned didn't fit very well in in the traditional system. But when I see you at work, you are learning constantly. I was just trying to keep up. So I'm I'm just surprised. Well,
1: yeah. And I've gotten that before. Anyone who finds out that I hated school is always shocked. But it's fundamentally different because my career path was carefully chosen. So so just to diverge a little bit back to that subject, how I decided to go into mechanical engineering was I had a stats class. I had originally started out studying business administration. Just because it was a nice general, like, okay, I'm going to dip my toe back into college. I don't know what I want to do, but I'll start here. Broadly applicable, right? I took a stats class, so just like a 200 level course, and I loved it. Okay. Oh my God, I loved it. It made okay. the world make sense to me. Also though, I realized that there's a lot of nuance involved and you can tell the story you want to tell using the numbers, but the numbers aren't focused. They're the mechanism to tell the story. So after I realized that, I went and researched using the Bureau of Labor Statistics Occupational Handbook.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: How's that for a nerdery? This,
0: this sounds so like you. Okay.
1: <laughs> what, uh, what career paths there were that had two factors. Number one, I wanted the least amount of time spent in school for the highest starting salary. So, you know, I wanted to make good money to support a family on with only a bachelor's degree. And I wanted there to be good, steady, predicted job growth in the industry. And mechanical engineering hit both of those points. And so from there, like that's the entire reason that I became a mechanical engineer. So when you take into account that it was interest-based and interest-driven, I think that puts a whole different you know lens through which to look at learning, right? Like this is self-driven, this is for me and it's because I want to know. Now, did I enjoy all of my classes? Absolutely not. Right. But once I graduated, slogged through that degree I was able to choose choose the industry that I wanted to work in. I've also moved industries quite a bit. I think more than more than typical for the nine years I've been in my career. But anyway, getting back to the topic that you asked about, the flexibility and timing was my, my very favorite thing about homeschool. Also, though... I've always been somewhat entrepreneurial and it allowed me to, to work. So starting in my middle school years, you know, growing up in Denver, there's there's a lot of snow. And so on days that it would snow, I would wait for the other kids to leave and go to school. And then I would knock on doors and often shovel people's snow before my competition got home from school.
0: You were a door-to-door um, saleswoman.
1: I was. I raked leaves in the fall. I offered to babysit for, you know, stay-at-home moms. And then in ninth grade, I got a part-time job as a nanny. So I would watch watch a child three mornings a week for four hours at a time. And I just felt so grown up that I had a job, a steady job. But having the flexibility of being able to accomplish my schoolwork whenever and wherever was really, really a big win.
0: I love it. I, I really experienced that as well in homeschool. And I'm going to reach back and kind of take your experience in college and in your career, really choosing that learning path, I I don't know. I have to sometimes be careful. I I do have a bias on homeschooling. I I loved it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect for me, but I, I just felt like I really chose my education all the way through. And so if parents can take what you discovered in your bachelor's and infuse that into their homeschooling, where the child is really choosing what they're learning and how they're learning it I just think that can be really powerful. I enjoyed that. And I just dug into whatever I wanted. And I was on track to graduate. So similar to you, I was like, well, I'm just going to take what I love and really go for it. And I was focused on college. So I tried to gear things that direction. But I don't know. I think if parents are able to do that, to build autonomy into their child's homeschooling experience, or just maybe whatever buffet they want to choose from. It can really set a good path for for the student.
1: Oh, yeah. And I feel like my parents did that in a lot of ways. You know, we took a lot of community center courses. Uh, I took pottery classes, kind of a lot of pottery classes at one of the local Parks and Rec community centers. And then there were non-academic subjects that my mom incorporated, right? There was art and music. I was actually just recently reviewing an old notebook my mom had saved from my childhood, actually in preparation for talking to you today that had my assignments written out by week and it had the subject and then the week's assignment. <laughs> and I found one entry from when I was about 11 that said, art, complete dried flower arrangement. Listed oh, and man. that's just something that's just so classically, it tells the story. I loved doing flower arrangements and my mom knew that and that was my art assignment. you know. Oh, so, it's
0: darling. I just think it's so, the, the nostalgia is so rich for me there. Oh yeah. That old, that, those old notebooks. Okay, let's go back even further now into what you mentioned about things that you wish were different. Because I also come from a very strong religious background. And religion was a big part of our homeschooling experience. And I mentioned this in my first episode, we were reading scriptures, we were memorizing scriptures, I cannot tell you how many scriptures I still have on the tip of my tongue. And someone will say something and it will like trigger all these memories. And they're not like I'm not in the same place I was religiously as I was in those growing up years, right? It, my That space in my life is not as intense, but it's surprising to me how much of that is still you're a kid and you absorb a lot of that. I do have some reservations about heavily religious homeschooling. I guess I'm asking what was your experience there and how have you kind of processed that experience?
1: Well, I guess I'm just going to back it up and give a little context here. My my parents' entire life together was based on their path to finding God and their personal relationship to God. They actually had a fairly large age gap and had very different experiences um, with their upbringings, but there was a little trauma there for both of them and they found solace and meaning through through their religious expression. They met in a religious community in Northern California in the 70s and that was the basis for their relationship. They actually knew each other and worked together through ministry within that organization for many years before they started dating. And it was woven throughout the entirety of their lives together. So I would say it was an intrinsic part of who they were as a couple long before raising kids and picture for them. So I think that context helps like this is just a deeply meaningful part of their lives hmm. that they genuinely felt a desire to share with us versus something they felt obligated to do. Okay. So that tempers my, that tempers my resentfulness <laughs> <laughs> for the <laughs> religious focus of my child. And I think now that I can look back on it as an adult, I see that love and that intention and I don't, I don't resent them. For it, I resent its existence in my life and my inability to kind of escape from it and my, you know, how it was ever present in my life, especially as a homeschooled child. So I just want to be clear on the distinction there. And how I experienced it. I mean, at the time, it was just kind of what was normal, but I knew that not everyone had that. Frankly, I was jealous of kids who had more freedom in the structure of their week. Of course, you know, child me was just looking at the good parts and not the bad parts, right? Like you look at a traditional public school household. Did they have more freedom than me? No, they just didn't have the religious structure portion that they all the time. You know, it just seems ridiculous. Like, oh, I had to do schoolwork for two or three hours a day and I just didn't have enough freedom.
0: (laughs) That little kid mind, like it's so limited, but so intense.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I would say I've processed it since then. Through that lens of loving my parents for who they are and understanding where they were coming from. I think the fact that it was a love based versus a fear based religious expression was helpful too. You know, not that we couldn't have an entire hours long conversation on the aspects of the particular religion that I didn't like, but, but I don't really want to go there. I feel like it's, it's, it's a decision. I guess I would like to approach it more from the sheltering aspect than the particularly religious aspect, because I feel like it's somewhat of a red herring, right? Like, I feel like it, the sheltering effect we've talked about is present, whether it was a religious decision or not. And I think that that's something that homeschooling families need to be aware of regardless. And in some cases, even more if they're not homeschooling for religious reasons right because i think that it can lead people to think that they'll have different outcomes if they homeschool for different reasons or that it'll be less sheltering oh, and I see. you know having having met and interacted with other families who homeschool for different reasons and we can get more into that later um i don't know if you want to talk about what i've done with my own kids but i have lots of thoughts to share on that okay, okay. but but essentially you know I think people need to go into it with their eyes open on their decision to homeschool and understand that no matter what type or method of homeschooling they're doing, your kids will not connect with their peers in the same way, in ways that won't be evident until later on. Now, I don't think that that means they shouldn't homeschool. I just think that it's important to go into it knowing.
0: I think you said that so well. I have experienced that. I don't connect with my peers in the same way that I see them connecting to each other. I do approach the world differently. And and so also I'd emphasize what you just said that I don't think it's a reason not to homeschool. You need to be aware of what is happening to your child, you know, and it's just a byproduct of homeschooling. It doesn't mean they're broken. It just is something that they have to grow into as they become adults. Before we move on, I wanna get your advice here. But to imagine there's a homeschooling family with a really rich religious background. They're very engaged in the religious community, and I agree with you that it is the prerogative of parents to transmit their values to their children. Given that family, given that religious background, what advice would you give to a family that's homeschooling with a strong religious emphasis?
1: Oh boy, that feels like a minefield, but I'm just going to go for ruthless honesty here. Dead lightning? Nah, nah, never.
0: (laughs) Sure, go for it.
1: Okay, so I think that it's even more important to make sure that your kids have people of different faiths and people of no faith to talk to because I believe of the people I know who are religious as adults and who are thriving and happy and healthy, they were allowed to explore dissent and to talk about dissent. And I think that it's one of the things that I personally feel goes wrong in a lot of parents instilling their religious values in their kids is that it's presented as the only option, which has the opposite of the intended effect, right? It doesn't leave room to have the discussion on why you believe what you believe and how other people believe and how different they can be, right? And I think there's also this tendency to view people of other faiths or of no faith as the others. And I think that's a dangerous mentality to get into, particularly as a young person, right? The the ability to respect someone else's viewpoint and to even beyond the respect, right? To acknowledge that reasonable people could believe differently than you is is hugely important.
0: I think it takes tremendous maturity to understand what you believe and feel conviction towards and realize that others have good reasons for their beliefs as well. And they also feel conviction. And so getting that exposure as a religiously homeschooled family can really help smooth out those rough edges and help you truly serve the world better. I really feel like you can serve others better if you understand that there is goodness in different values and we just try and help each other out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I think that it handicaps kids when they're raised in an exclusive religious environment where they're not given the opportunity. I think a lot of religious communities pay lip service to the perspective discussion, right? Oh, you know, it's normal to doubt your faith, but you always come back. Well, the reality is you don't always come back and you have to decide if you're okay With your kid realizing that later on versus from a younger age and being able to have the discussion with them, you know, I think there's a squeamishness factor. If you're someone of deep religious conviction and, you know, the more you're confronted with how other people don't believe what you believe, the more uncomfortable it can get. But that discomfort is ever present. It is simply a fact of the real world, the world beyond your community, right? And if you don't prepare your kids for that and you don't have the discussions with them, someone else is going to have the discussion.
0: So well said. I couldn't agree more. And I think you said it very well, exploring dissent. What does that look like? And how do we do this in a healthy way at home? Okay, so let's, let's look at right now. What has been your approach with your own children? Have you looked at homeschooling? Are you interested? What have you done with your own?
1: Well... Um, I have a blended family, so I have two children biologically, and I have a third child that I gained through marriage. They are now 15, 17, and 20. My older two kids, I sent to a Waldorf charter school for K-8, through which was itself a sheltered experience due to the family's kind of self-selecting based on the educational philosophy. And I actually have a lot more regrets about that decision than my own homeschooling experience, Mm. mainly because the academic rigor was almost non-existent and it ended up handicapping them in high school. I chose that school because the Waldorf philosophy focuses on incorporating art and movement and music into the daily rhythm of the class and not limiting it to specific classes. I, I really wanted my kids to love learning in a way that i never loved school right and i wanted it to be more about learning than school per se so i'm sure in hindsight that you no know, i brought my own baggage about not liking school into that decision which didn't end up serving them well so that said though i don't think it's specifically a waldorf problem as much as it was just a problem at that particular school as a public charter school they had constraints on how much they could teach to the Waldorf methodology, as well as the funding gaps. Private Waldorf schools don't have those constraints. And it was just overall not a helpful environment academically. Now for high school, my oldest son struggled. He ultimately switched to an alternative program that was run out of the community college in our county. And my daughter went on to a traditional high school. She actually loves academics. She's enrolled in the international baccalaureate program. Awesome. and spends even her free time performing experiments and studying for fun, so girl figure there
0: yeah, after her mother, right That's
1: right <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay okay so you you started with the Waldorf approach, and there have been it, it hasn't been quite what you expected it to be in high school. you brought them back full time
1: well, yeah, except for you know during the pandemic, there were a couple of years where um my younger two, my youngest son and my daughter were essentially homeschooled. They enrolled in the online academy. By the way, every state has an online school option where they provide the materials and essentially just perform the grading and you can self-pace it. So so that's what we did. We didn't do the whole comprehensive distance learning through their home high school. We just switched to the online school option within our district. So there was a lot more studying with them and teaching them during that time period. There were certain subjects that we just always taught. Like I taught math and my husband taught chemistry. And that was a good experience. I actually really liked having them home and being with them and kind of reliving reliving portions of the homeschool experience from the other side mm. was, was kind of eye-opening too.
0: Yeah, anything that you learned about yourself being on that end of the homeschooling experience?
1: Um. Yeah, like the way they teach math, there's so many ways you can teach math. And you can use a different approach to get to the same solution. But, you know, when you have automated grading that relies on the approach that's being taught, like I found myself having to relearn algebra and I'm an engineer, right? So
0: in my tutoring years, I it's almost been embarrassing sometimes. I tutored through college in order to help pay for it. And I'd sit down with kids and I'd look and be baffled. I know how to do algebra. I know how to do math. I cannot figure out the solution path. So that's apparent. And that's going to be any math program you do. There's going to be methodologies that you're unfamiliar with. Uh, I think that's just that's just part of the learning process. You know, everyone has their approach. What are some of your fears in not just homeschooling your children, but in being in many ways, you know, the driver of their education and helping choose and display options for the education. Do you have any fears or trepidations there?
1: Um being largely, you know, on the downward slope of that, not so much anymore. You know, if I had to do it over again, I think that I I would prefer to have kept my own baggage out of it and mm. um really looked at them more as individuals, what's best for them versus oh no, I don't want them to hate school like I did because it actually didn't have the intended effect, right? With my daughter, like there wasn't enough school at school. And for my son, he was just frustrated that he didn't... It's funny because my um, my older son, he was really looking forward to reading. I remember his first day in first grade, we were taking him to school. He said, maybe I'll even learn how to read a little bit today. And with the Waldorf charter particular school that they went to, there was such a de-emphasis on it. It's almost like they took the Waldorf philosophy and extracted the wrong takeaways, right? Like, oh, don't focus on reading until third grade. My son didn't read until third grade. He got frustrated and then he gave up and it was so hard just seeing him give up like that. And so that's kind of a, I don't know, a poignant moment of retrospective heartbreak
0: we're all so different. We learn so differently. And something else that you said that I, I see emerging is I've had these homeschooling conversations. Some families homeschool because the parents had a terrible time in public school, and they try and save their children from that. And I, I just have concerns there. I wonder if there are so many reasons to homeschool, and I think some are stronger and better for the child than others. And, and, and I just see that sometimes emerging as being problematic for the child when It's to heal the parent, you know, sufferings that the parent had. Now the child is raised this way in order for the parent to heal. And so I, I just think it can backfire sometimes.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I would agree with you there. I see that a lot, you know, with my kids, friends too. You see some parents have different rules around homework or what needs to get done before they can go play or, you know, what? what the appropriate focus is up to and including which kids they can hang out with based on their academic abilities. And it's, it's, yeah, I don't have a great solution to that. I think that, Waiting to have kids until you're emotionally mature and have your own life stable is a much bigger factor than what method of schooling you choose for them. And I, I say that with the understanding that I was not emotionally mature and I had not finished my own growing up or had my children. I just think that's a far bigger factor than the particular choices that I made with regards to their schooling.
0: I, I think that's incredibly insightful. Okay, let's kind of wrap up here. I know I already asked for advice on kind of that religious aspect, but kind of zooming out, what overarching advice would you have for new homeschooling families as they're moving into this? Would you give them tips on?
1: That's a tough one. Yeah, I don't I don't know what advice I would give. I think the beware of the sheltering and go into it knowing that kids are gonna interact with their peers differently really kind of sums up the only advice I feel like I can give.
0: Well, I, I think your perspective is incredibly valuable. And I may have an <laughs> an unfair bias there too. I have always admired your engineering. I've always admired your approach to work, incredibly detail oriented. Thoughtful, precise, exacting. And so I think that you have done a tremendous job making the most out of your life from your homeschooling background. And it's really cool to watch and see. So appreciate your time with you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I
1: actually honestly feel like how I was when you met me had foundational roots in the view of schooling as a choose your own adventure activity, right? So even though I didn't enjoy school, I think having that background and that approach has shaped my perspective, right? Like I feel like it led to a very flexible outlook on my career. And the passionate person that you met was passionate because I knew what I wanted to be doing. And I only knew that because I took the freedom that I needed to to make moves when I thought, right? Like I, I mentioned, I've been in three different industries in nine years. I feel deeply satisfied with my job because it's consciously chosen through following my interests and experiencing everything I, I was most drawn to. But having that background definitely helped. And even more than that, right? Like if everything is an option and you can change and you can choose different things at different times and you can move into and out of the school environment. The world is your oyster in a way that if you're kind of locked in the mentality that you go straight through all the way through right up front and choose your career forever when you're 18, I mean, I think that can be handicapping. Oh my so. gosh,
0: it sounds so stressful.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> I experienced that as stressful. I experienced that mentality and expectation. I didn't have it ingrained in me, but I thought that the idea that of course you would go to college at 18 and choose your career was up.
0: Ticket. Oh, good for you. Oh my goodness. 18 years old. The world is still so big and there's still so much you need to see and and locking yourself into a career path at that age.
1: You know, I mean, you know what I wish? What I wish I had internalized at that age that would have helped and may have even prompted me to start college earlier. I thought that I had to choose my forever career before I started college. I wish someone had told me that you don't have to know what you want to do. All you have to choose is what you want to try next.
0: All you have to choose is what you want to try next. And do it well. Go all in. Yeah, go yeah.
1: all in. And if you don't like it, change and go all in on the next one.
0: I think it's such a healthy, relaxing, and flexible approach. You can take your time to, to be passionate about something in a really informed and intentional manner. And I would say that's something that you can get that from public school. Absolutely. I would say it's something that I gained from homeschool as I was consciously choosing my education over and over. You know, I was very directed. So I love it. I love your your perspective, Matia. So yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for, you know, giving your insights, helping homeschooling families be very aware of what they're doing and the choice that they're making, and the impact that it has on kids. Because we will, we you and I are living with it forever. We will always live with our childhood which was a homeschooling childhood
1: yeah yeah and overall you know i feel like i had a wonderful childhood these you know the opinions i've shared i would be really curious to see how this sort of interview would differ if you had interviewed someone who had gone through public school you know i'm pretty sure everyone has to process the experiences they've had but i do appreciate you reaching out and having me on the show so thank you very much
0: Thanks for tea. Let's stay in touch.